Hey, dudes, it's your friend, the Reverend Pirate Frog. Come join me in the circle with my bearded brother, Howling Buds, the poet laureate himself, Stony Alpinist, and of course, the better half of Frapple, and my friend, Johnny Apple. Pass to the left and let's have some fucking fun. Five, four, three, two, Rev. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling episode of The Circle. I cannot promise that, actually. So it's uh, The Circle, and uh, I'd like to kick it off this week by introducing Howling first. Howling, how are you, my dear friend? I'm, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, you sound it. Johnny, <laughs> how are you? What's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, always pleasant when I see you. And Stoney, who I've tasked once again with hosting uh, beyond these meaningless words. There you go. Peachy fucking king. There we go. <laughs> I'm turning it over to you, man. Everybody, I'm looking at Johnny. Johnny's barely awake. Yeah, uh, Howling, Howling is sulking in his emo cave. And, of course, you and I have the energy. Mine is all, of course, uh, drug-related. Well, you still have the sunshine coming up. And- always. Yes, Dude, when you, we're all when sitting in the dark. When you're so as cool as me, the sun always shines, brother. Yeah, the sun is always... I'll stay on the sunny side of that road, dude. Yeah, I'll, 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 it's one of the main reasons I love to go out to California is, is that you get a sunshine a little bit longer, at least in the day, too. I think that's even the path and the arc of, uh, of when the sun is setting, being that far over in the time zone makes a huge difference as well. We're pretty close, I think. I don't know where it is in here in Illinois, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I hate to say it's fall, but it's coming. Kids yeah. are going back to school and school buses are cruising around and I started seeing leaves on trails now. It's it's, it's coming beautiful. Really yeah, here we go. Here we go. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for sitting down with us guys. I know we're all exhausted from a crazy summer week and switching over, but it's been some cool things going on in the last couple episodes. We've had some awesome guests to join us. Um, thank you again to uh, Big Green Guy and for uh, Girl 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 to, to join us uh, in the past couple episodes. We had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So glad everyone can join us and everyone, but you just get the four of us tonight. So I think it was uh, fun to sit down as a circle. Of course, we always got to hang out for a little bit before. And fellas, I love in, in sitting down and, and, and spending even a little bit more time in the beginning. So I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for everyone for joining us. But a um, few things coming up, uh, I guess just the little things timely. Um, big Green Guy had a drop. So Howler, tell me a little bit more about that. I think you were one that uh, scooped and I know how excited you were about some sort of wolf or something like that oh uh, yeah puppy right no he's talking about odin's wolf yeah um no i was super I, and i got to smoke it too so uh bgg sent me uh, some odin's wolf beans and a couple joints and it is fantastic it is going to get grown very soon um fantastic name to it super say. happy but I, I did um pick up his uh I think he's, they're calling it uh, not a dumb truck or something. It's the one to one strain because <laughs> I think I, I think that's what's gonna. After I get through these uh, next couple plants, I think I'm gonna do an entire medicinal grow. Um, so I got BGG's one to one. I got um, Miracle Plants. Um, I won't even pronounce it. Um, I got that one, and then I have like Aunt Jeannie's elixir. And I, I think I might have another medicinal strain and that's all I'm going to do. Cause I've been <clears throat> having like a, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a love hate relationship with cannabis lately. For some reason it's, um, I'm not tolerating the hazy feeling from it and I don't like it. 
So I want the medicine, but not the stoned feeling. So I think some of these medicinal strains may hit the spot. So, I'm so super then we're excited. So then sure. let's, let's stay back on that with, um, with big green guy. So you got the a sample to taste on it and, and with some of the effects to it, what you seemed really excited about it. Clearly it's up front. So what is it about these uh, one-to-one? Cause I, I've never had them directly. So I've always kind of stayed in the auto flowering, but what is it that, um, that was really noticeable for you? What jumped? Oh out? no, I didn't, I didn't try the one-to-one. I tried a uh, Odin's wolf. I haven't oh. tried the one-to-one that, that one I'll just grow and try out. But People are saying it's really good. The the some of the people that have grown it, I think a paranoid grower was one of them. And you get a lab test. Really good. Yeah, yeah. So it is a true one to one. Yeah, it was like ten percent THC, ten percent CBD. So it's it's really awesome. Um, I really super think, excited. Yeah, I really think it'll be good. Uh, at least to try a one to one, so we can get that mm-hmm. baseline going. Yeah, I need something. I, I think it's, I, I need something for like the daytime, but that doesn't leave me all hazy and useless uh, glass eyed at work. And what are your thoughts on uh, mixing salads, like uh, into joints and into bowls? And when I say salads, like, um, you know, like blending in some indica dominant strain uh, with something in with a haze. So I haven't tried it yet. I, I've been meaning to try that. And thanks for reminding me because I actually completely had a brain fart and forgot to try that. I've wondered, um, and, I'm, and I'm, it's it's all anecdotal, but it's always just been kind of mm-hmm. thoughts of like, I think I, someone, I heard it not maybe within the past year or so, and um, I think it was maybe, I think I'd caught it somewhere, and someone talked about it being a salad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, there's only been one person that I ever remembered, and it was a long time ago, um, and she had a real, like she, if, if she switched strains uh, in between, if she smoked one back and forth, it, it gave her headaches. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd always like stuck with that, but I've never heard of anyone else. And I'd always, it just was like, why didn't I ever think of that? Like, because there are, uh, you know, I think we as growers, we get these large amounts, right? If we're, our autoflowers now, are, especially in some of these auto pots, are four to six ounces that we get off of a plant. That's a fair amount. Right? And um, it, it can take you down to a road. Yeah, and I got, you know what? I'll try that. I, I should try that. I think another problem I'm having is that, like, for some, uh, narrow leaf will be a little bit energetic for them, and it's not. Like, I still get tired, and, and it sucks. Um, hmm. I reached out to... A lot of that, to, too, is um, your your tolerance is so low um, Yeah, that you often, like, for instance, a narrow the, the narrow leaf effects work in moderation a lot mm-hmm. yeah. once you get to a certain point you're gonna fall asleep and yeah right like i don't care how how racy it is by you know joint five or six you're taking a nap sooner or later um so maybe with that maybe you just gotta i know roll even smaller i know it's harder there but there's got to be some a salad i think in is from stony is one of the easiest immediate ones you can do and experiment and try and see what cab kevin and cannabinoids it hits your body and how your body affects you know it'd be an interesting thing to try the least but i've seen that people who have um i guess it's like sensitivities to thc and stuff in Mm -hmm. their body a one-to-one has always been the 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 medicine that works well that's an and you know it's definitely going to come down to like terpenes and stuff and just finding what works out for my chemistry i uh there's um this uh, woman on Instagram and I think she has like a Patreon and a YouTube channel um, where she's like a 
chem, a PhD in chemistry and she studies this. And so I reached out and, uh, she suggested, uh, strains high in, um, what was it? Terp, terp, terpenoline, I think, mm-hmm. um, which is like, uh, things like Durban poison. Um, so I think I'm going to try to find a strain that's heavy in that and, and give that a go. You know, uh, that would be juicy if you have it. I don't have juicy anymore. That was the one that, um, we have a ton. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I have seeds. I just don't have any more of the flower left. Uh, I didn't get much off that plant and I ran into a few problems. And then what I did grow, a lot of it got turned into rosin for my wife and that went pretty quick. So mm-hmm. I should try that again. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's what was it like Durban sunset or something? Durban sunrise. That? But it's Durban. Durban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's got Durban. It, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, there's plenty of others. Um, there's, uh, there's some charts out there that I think go over the popular strains that have, that are high. And I know the information should be available fairly, yeah. fairly easily with the old Google. So that'd be an interesting one to try and come back at. Well, and remember that, um, you know, a lot of the treatments for like ADHD, um, they actually give you a form of a stimulant mm-hmm. and it helps you to kind of, but you know, it's a, it's a regulation of the right amount of that stimulant. Right. Yeah. So like you said, so sometimes it, it works great for you, but sometimes it's just way too much. And then it takes your mind in places and the next thing you know, it's racy. And, and remember that a lot of that, you know, let's, let's remember that, that, that our medicine is just kind of keeping the frame around what's going on inside of us. So, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our bodies and our health and our mind and all those other things sets the stage for our medicine to do the work. It just helps in the entourage effect and all of it. Right. Yeah. But if you've got all of those things and you're working on those things and you bring in the, 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 the medicine uh, part of it into it. Yeah. Like one extra joint or, or finishing a joint sometimes can set you back three hours in a day. Sometimes that ain't, then you don't get things done. And then that anxiety builds and later on in the afternoon, you're like, I didn't get anything done. And I've been running around doing all these little things. Well, sometimes you need a little bit of that morning time day medicine, but we just want to have a little bit more throughout the day. So that's where, you know, maybe it's back to salads in the interim until sounds like you have a really solid plan. And I think I want to take a little bit of a circle back to the one-to-one because I've always been fascinated about that. Curious about, that extra amount of the CBD that's involved with it. Cause I've always wondered like, is there, you know, if CBD being an extra entourage, we could add that on mm-hmm. in other aspects to our flower. But now I see so many of these breeders uh, pushing in it. So are you planning on dedicating a whole tent is what I'm hearing? Yeah. I think once these, uh, Alabrihes, well, I should take that back. I'm going to start the one, um, BGG's one-to-one the moment the seeds get here. Um, yeah. it's going to go in my three by three because that one was dedicated to the Hubba Bubba haze. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of room in there. Let's just say that. So I'm going to start the, <laughs> maybe we'll get there. Um, so that, that's getting started right away. But then once the Alibri haze are done, that's going to be like the, all the other medicinal beans I have. So it'll be, it'll be fun. It, like, it just sucks because we're not even talking about like, oh, it's when you get towards the end of the joint, it's the first puff. Like, that's all like, that's, I can't microdose more than that. <laughs> and it sucks. So, uh, especially with this puppy that I have, I've, uh, needed to have my mind turned on all the time. 
and, mm-hmm. and have to be involved. And I haven't smoked. I've barely smoked all week. I haven't smoked today just because like I've been go, go, go. And then what? if I'm not, I'm trying to recover. Like we, and we also had COVID and stuff and I'm still having some minor just lingering effects of that. Like I cleaned like a room today and then I had to go take a nap. Like it's just draining me. So, yeah. and then I add like cannabis on top. Yeah. I'm gone for the day. Yeah. And now I got kids and a dog yeah. that are screaming for attention. Well, remember it two things um it's always you know it's it's the medicine can only do so much right yeah um it's not a cure-all for anything it's it, it's you got to do things like if you're tired you're going to be tired regardless but it's also good that in all of this you've decided to take a tolerance break i think that's really going to help <laughs> god i'm going <laughs> to smell it and it'd be like oh yeah yeah, you're gonna I'm gonna like, get a contact high just from smelling the shit. <laughs> you'll touch the plant and you'll yeah just, <laughs> down on the floor, passed out. No, I mean it. It is. It is just the good news is it's not that that like boring or terrible to try different ones. You know, I'd say it's a pretty good uh, thing to have that you're like, man, I just got a sample a shit ton of different stuff oh, to find out what I want. Yeah, <laughs> damn. I'll suffer through it, you know, but for the, for the hobby and for, and for the medicine, I'll suffer through it. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Just what a, what a terrible life you lead sometimes. my yeah. friend. <laughs> How is the puppy though? I want to ask uh, tonight. She's a beast, um, but she's overall really good. She's how old uh, is she now? Let's see. She Friday. It was 13 weeks. Wow. Um, so she's still really young. She's big. I mean, she's huge. At least double the weight that she was five weeks ago when we got her. Um, but like today she, she goes like through these little moments where uh, she wants to put her mouth on everything. She wants to challenge you. Part of it's just puppy. Part of it's being a Rottweiler. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> um, and, but tonight uh, my wife's watching her while we do this and I could just hear them in the background and there's some, there's some dog fights going on and <laughs> some stern warnings going on. She's just, she's usually calm right about now but tonight she is just pushing all the fucking buttons good uh so good timing <laughs> i wouldn't doubt that like pretty soon she's in bed <laughs> but she's great she's she is a sweet girl when and she's super duper smart uh but yeah she has that little she has that little challenging streak to her and we'll see if we're more stubborn that's just a rottweiler thing is that you have to prove that you're more stubborn than they are well, that's, they just, always that's what they are they say dogs take after their owners, right? Oh, I God. I don't think I've met another stubborn bastard than she Yeah. <laughs> and she gives you the look, too. Like, she gives you the side eye. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tear your world open right now. Yeah. Hope you're ready for it. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, she's really good. So tell us, tell us more about your tent. Now you were, were mentioned a little bit around Oliver. It's been a while since we've had guests on, and we haven't really yeah. had a chance to dig into our garden. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to dig into that for us tonight. I got a bunch of exciting things. So let's start with you, man. We kind of keep the train going. So tell us yeah, about your garden. I've actually like, so I'm not known to talk highly of autos too much. I just, I have a love hate relationship with them, but I really love my Alabrije tent right now. They're all very, uh, they're growing very vigorous or like, I think nine days or nine or 10 days today and just look beautiful. Um, they're growing exactly how I would expect a plant to grow like not stunted not giving me problems don't not showing signs of uh hating the soil that they're in so that that one's going really well and then uh 
<clears throat> alongside them in the same tent, I popped some uh, BGG blueberry sauce. And, oh. and then um, this other photo period that's for some contest my wife entered me in. Um, thought I was losing my mind. Like I had to actually replant some seeds because I noticed days later that the seed I, I ran into the problem Rev had one time where <clears throat> went to check on it and the seeds are sitting on top of the soil and they like dried out and wouldn't germinate again. And I thought we were, I was like, shit, I'm a uh, Rev and I are just fucking stoners. Like, what are we doing wrong <laughs> until I actually replanted them? And I watched what happened is after I watered it in, I saw it, it float. It float and it, yeah. it closed the hole. Like you didn't yeah. even see the hole or anything. It's just mm -hmm. sitting there. And if I didn't watch that happen, like I would have never known that was possible. And so uh, it happened. I was a lot more careful this time and they popped and they're going well. Um, I love growing photos. So this one will be fun. And then, when that uh, happened to you, did you go, shit, now I understand, Rev. Maybe I shouldn't be so mean. No, no. Yeah. You deserve everything. Um, sure. But uh, I did feel at least better about my own situation where maybe I didn't really fuck up the first time and not plant them. It was just the way it got watered in and floated. Uh, and then I got, uh, then I got my hazy summer, uh, two plants, the one that's in the gallon and a half, which, you know, I've neglected the hell out of it, but it's forming like this nice big main cola and, you know, I'll get a little bit off of it. It'll be fun. And then, um, then we got the, the bitch of a plant, the hubba bubba, uh, that's like 10 nodes and two inches tall. Um, <laughs> so, She's she's starting to stretch. I'm just I I kind of if anyone's watched like on the Discord, I've gone back and forth about what I'm gonna do with her, and I finally just one day said, "Fuck it." She's she is what she is, and just let her ride. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it go. Like I could set myself back four weeks and plant again, and maybe have even the same thing happen again, or I'm just gonna let this thing and see what it wants to do. And yeah, you know that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna let it ride. So I think yeah, that's, I think that's the best option because yeah. also you could, you, there's two things that could happen, right? It could stretch and turn into an absolute beast. <clears throat> even if it doesn't, you could smoke it and go, holy shit, I need either a lot more of that or thank fucking God. I don't waste any more time <laughs> on this shit. Like, that's a well, great that's, point. yeah, that's I don't, I don't point. need fucking any more of this shit. Yeah. That's a great point. It's a kind of like a taster. I mean, they all, you know, I always have that thought too. And it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll re what if I redo plant this or redo it? Like, especially with my Mandela effect, I'll get into later. But the, the other option too, is you could get a lot of flour that you just fucking don't like. <laughs> well, that's like, that's like a dilemma I'm having now is I really enjoyed, um, for the girls on the grow, grow together. I, um, grew double smile in a three gallon pot and i got like four and a half solid ounces out of that plant yeah and it was easy to grow it was super nice i did an auto pot tray <clears throat> and it was just enough like getting four ounces out of a plant is just enough to really kind of enjoy it but not have too much mm -hmm. and so uh that's another reason why i was just gonna let this go it's another narrow leaf which i have a bunch on hand already so i'll enjoy whatever's produced and it'll be fun i think it'll it's starting to stretch now it's not going like all like Guy Fieri on me or anything. It's 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 stretching and not setting into flower just yet. And uh, it might like maybe, you know, I'm not even going to say it, it'll be it'll be what it's going to be. It'll be whatever size it's going to be and I'll enjoy it. But um, I, mean, I mean, even the plants that I put like a, a, a gallon I mean, you still get enough. Like you, you get a good taster and sample, and that's right. over in the corner. I mean, so it's always just fun. Like that's a great point, right? I actually had never put that together. Like, 
If you, I mean, if you got it and you got it, even if it's a tiny little corner, I've got one of those little projects too, where it just didn't quite work out. And I hooked it into a, an auto pot, tucked it over into the corner, let it ride. Just see, yeah. see what happens. If, I mean, it's not going to get much light. There's a way more prioritized plant, but you know. Well, it's nice. It's like, it's not like raging. So it's, it's sitting in 13 gallons of new soil. I won't Ooh. have to do a damn thing to it. Like, yeah. I won't have wow. a top dress, nothing. Um, I'll give it the goodies and the little potions once in a while, but I won't have to really care about it. I don't even know if I'll be able to turn the autopod on for it. I, I have no idea yet. Yeah. Um, it's pretty, it's still, it's not even the width of the pot yet, which is not a huge pot to begin with. Yeah. So um, yeah, if, if it was like, if it was a hassle or giving me trouble or showing that it hated like nitrogen or something, I would yank it. But this thing is, it's purely healthy looking. It's not a problem or whatever. And then you're not causing me any hassle and you'll stay. So very, very German attitude there, Helic. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you got a lot of fun things going on. Um, yeah. So far. Yeah. It's new seasons kicking off. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. It's I like it. That transition, seeing those little ones come along and especially well, nine, nine, ten days, right? That's just, that's a fun little stage. You're still real tender with them. That's not, I can't be too tender with these things. They're actually pretty big for being yeah. like nine days old. So I'm, yeah. I'm totally happy. Like I, I don't usually say that often about autos, but I'm looking at these and I'm just like, fuck yeah. All right. I yeah. Use, this is. I really mm -hmm. like the dedicated tent too because it, it's. I just so happen to have the seeds too, so it's always just like <laughs> a Snapchat or snapshot it like, oh, cool, okay, that's you know. <laughs> it's just I really like it when you can compare other plants to like to each other too. I so three and a two fun. by four and that like that. It just it looks so rad. Yeah, it's and it's it's kind of cool seeing their little characters come out like yeah like they're each. Mm -hmm their own and developing in different ways. And like, you could see, Oh, like for me, um, blues or is like the slow grower out of the three. So it's just kind of like interesting to compare it at the, of a plant of the same age, right next to it. Not yeah. even like looking at like, cause we all like flip through our photos and say like, Oh, I got this plant that was that day. Let me compare. Like I actually mm -hmm. physically see the plants in mm -hmm. front of me. So exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Do you start putting like a tension tugging or like wind blowing on your plants at that young of an age since you said uh, you, like they're kind of at that spot now where they're like just seeing some real leaves? But yeah, I got the I got the fan going where I, I like to have when they're that young, I, I don't like to rock them too much. But just to see like the edge of the leaf kind of move just a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's like, OK, that's enough there for me. Like, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed in my my tent this this round is that I didn't have that airflow because mm -hmm. I you know was using that small AC Infinity and had it up high. And I just was like, I don't think they're getting enough work. I'm one of those that believes that they need a little bit of work. They need a little bit of tugging. And I mean, Mother Nature blows wind, right? And they're they need that sort of movement to. And and I feel like as soon as I popped my my big fan in there and got the wind moving around, they their turgor started really developing yeah. there. I they always rock two fans in my two by four. Like yeah. I, al I always go to the extreme to where I, I get almost get windburn and then I, I pull back. Yeah. Like I, I've, I think this last round, I don't think I got windburn, but like most of my grows I'll get, I'll get some gnarly leaf burn from, from the fans. Cause I'm like, I'm I've got two, usually two fairly decent sized plants in that two by four touching on each other and stuff. You know, I want as much airflow as humanly mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got so lines like set up said, on timers. 
Yeah, like you said, Good wind, man. wind in nature, yeah. man, is is heavy handed too. But I, I give them know. a break. I don't yeah, know about this hard. wind burn, like wind burn. Like I know, like some people get it. I had a plant in the two by two this last round, butted up right against a fan, blowing the shit out of it. Not not a not a single bit of wind burn or anything. Like you couldn't even tell that that fan was there. That's crazy. So the, I don't I don't get why some plants are sensitive to it. Well, I think it's it's some of the cultivars that are genetic yeah. lineage. That some yeah. of them are better outdoor breeders. Some of them are, you know, like if you look at some of the lineage with uh, lineage with uh, no automatics, he, he loves doing things that are outdoor and really uh, can handle a lot of humidity uh, because, you know, that was the conditions that he was growing in outdoor can, uh, you know, growing the plants in. So now is, is the advantage is moving into those into a tent. You now can have a grower that can load up a tent a little bit more and can handle a little bit more humidity because of those genetics. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's probably genetics that are used to being in wide open fields and open plains. And then if we really go back to the roots and sort of like the genetic uh, string that ties all the way back to our autoflowers, it's the root of Alistair. And it grew in the high mountains. And just yeah. so our flowers are conditioned to hit rocky soil to grow in uh, as quick conditions with as much light as possible in a short season and handle a lot of stressful conditions and still kick into flower. I think there's still just some genetic tiebacks to that. Yep. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, it, if you've ever been in, you know, a windy place and you get wind chap or shit like that, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's somewhat, you're like, well, I didn't think I'd get it this time, but. Yeah. You know, that's actually a good point because like this is more of a broadleaf leaning plant that was in there. And one of the things I learned recently from one of the videos of Frenchie that I was watching is the whole like uh, narrow leaf or broadleaf plant structure, like narrow leaf, real thin leaves grows pretty tall and lanky. And you got the, the broadleaf, which is this short and squat thing. It's because of the environment came from it had to deal with like the wind gusts and everything. You couldn't be mm. super tall. And, and have those type of wind gusts. So it grew short and squat. And so maybe that's just part of it is it's, it had more of a broad leaf leaning tendency yeah. and that it could handle the wind. Yeah. Makes I don't think, yeah, I don't think we've gone generationally far enough away from those plants. It hasn't been that long, really, if we think about it. And I, there's still some of those tiebacks. I, we were just talking um, uh, the other day on in the Discord about, um, you know, I run a core of um, seedling soil that's pretty light and fluffy down the middle of my autopots. Um, and, and then I plant into that. And my theory is, you know, uh, based on what, everything that I've, I've learned, the, the seeds kick that first root that starts heading down towards water. And... I've, I believe that in a lot of our organic soil, there are big chunks of uh, hard material that when that root finds that, it starts to send out its feeder roots, and that's when the flowering process starts. So my theory was always that if you can get a straight shot down to the water in the autopod, because I kind of have the, the dome down there, but when it's mm-hmm. heading down there to grab that water, you're, you're now allowing for a deeper set of those feeder roots to happen. Right. So as soon as it hits that, that's when the feeder roots really start spreading out on that top three, four, five inches of soil. If we can sort of extend those out uh, and and further down into the pot, you've got that advantage. So, um, you know, having that soft core ceiling or whatever just allows for these genetic like tie like back to this root raluster plant that I believe. And of course, in my silly stoner fucking head. 
you know, these are plants that were growing in soil that bedrock may have only been two, three, four, five feet below where the the material that it was growing in, right? The the organic material that it was growing in that had been broken down over eons of time and whatever. It's going to hit bedrock. So when we look at some of these other plants that are low down into like um, some of the early cultivars that grow seven, eight feet tall, well, those are growing in beds of soil that can go have a soil, or, you know, have a root structure that's three, four, five, six feet deep before it hits the water. Our root aralister, which, which the core of our autoflowers, grows in the mountains, came from the mountainous regions. And so in my theory, and this is a stoner fucking theory, so it's, it probably is completely implausible, but I there's just something about it to me that, that seems right. Um, that the ruderalis is, is is grown directly into this mountainous region, and it has some sort of genetic tie to it. It's got to make sense, right? Yeah. Like you are you are a product of your evolutionary background, and, right. and we aren't like you said that far from. I mean, we're not too far even from the lowriders, guys. Like, yeah, we've why we've come a lot of uh, very far um, in in the breeding and and we've gotten a lot of benefits. We're not that far evolutionarily from where it, where it started. So in the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's, it's, it's uh, nothing, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think what, when you were talking about that, that layering technique that you use, I think it's really interesting. Um, very labor intuitive, but I think you you get a lot of benefits. It I, I see you notice almost immediately. Like you're the seedlings are always from my observations, bigger and healthier you know, because they have very little resistance. And I know Johnny's noticed it when he's planted in, you know, cocoa versus any other type of mix. And it is, you know, with cocoa plants, least resistance. And look how beautiful those plants get. Same with DWC, right? But it is an interesting thing. I, I'm, I can't get that far. I, that'd be too much work for me. But <laughs> it's definitely something that I think, I think if you're like, people are like, captain you know he he does the layering technique the other way where he starts with hots and a lot of people mm -hmm. do where they start yeah. with hot and then they go into like a mix and then the the seed soil but like you said that the first thing that goes down is the is the tap root mm -hmm. you send that down if, if you send it if you don't layer it at an appropriate depth which who knows I, I i couldn't tell you what that is you might just be having a tap root go directly into super hot soil and then it has to you know you might not get it right. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I just, I just throw it yeah. all in one and rock it. Yeah. And just, you know, bear in mind with that layering. Um, if when you really look at the layering of the soil and you look at the, the biology that's happening and you happen, you see all of the, the, everything happens in that first, like kind of three to six inches all mm -hmm. said and done. That's where most of your earthworms are moving around. That's where most of the arthropods, the big chompers that are starting to work things down. And a lot of the bank, the bacteria, a lot of the fungal stuff stays up in that, that top few inches of it. Those are the really important parts of it. So, you know, when you have that hot soil down on the bottom, you know, be careful to get it far enough up when you look at the relative size of the pot that you want to make sure that there is some of that uh, accessibility to it, right? If it's down way below, I, I believe that it just, especially when I've seen some of the root structures, it gets there later on. And so that's, it's, I think that is why that layering process works so well, is that by the time a really solid root structure is happening and they've kind of curled and start going down further into the pot, that's when they hit that really hot soil, which especially in autoflowers gives it right around that time where it's going into flower. Exactly. But 
think about those early stages in life and the, the vegetative growth. The, the, the top three, four inches of soil is really where the most things are happening. That's where you see all those little tiny feeder roots and, and at the edges and, and, and the very skin of those, those roots is where all the exudates are happening. It's where all the information is going back and forth. It's where all the microbiology is happening. That's where your plant's getting what it needs. That's why top dressing is so effective. Absolutely. Right? And, key. and it's super easy to see it in nature if you've ever been in any grove of trees, forest or anything, right? Mm -hmm. You just look at the top and it's all decaying leaves and plant material. And you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's thriving here. I wonder why. And that's all, you know, like, and you also have the, you know, the uh, dropped fruit thing, mm -hmm. too, right? It's all, it's all part of the same uh, system and it is it's only the top few inches and that's why you know top dressing and, and feeding all your goodies up top is is the most important aspect of it because that's when you get the action you know the um we talk about the that the the area right around the soil we've heard this term rhizosphere right mm -hmm. that happens right around where the roots are so there's this you know all the, the soil that's around it but you talk about the rhizosphere around uh, around the actual plant, that's where all of the, the action is happening. That's where the plant's getting its nutrients, telling the soil what it needs, telling the microbiology what it actually needs. Um, and you said something about forest and, and, and that being the great example, because that's where it was really kind of figured out, right? There yeah. are, we, we hear about uh, the teeming with series, but if you, if you read that and you, he gives all the credit back to, there's a, doc, there's a doctor, I think there's a uh, Dr. Elaine Ingham, uh, and she actually was one who started recognizing it and did a lot of advanced studies into forests and kind of compared and looked at and recognized that the advantage of the mycorrhiza, recognized all of the soil web and really started to identify it. And it was from there where we've really just been propelled and recognized how much of this world is, is right underneath our feet that we had no concept. And this wasn't that long ago. I don't know what no, the exact on it. It's it's incredibly recent in terms of right. what you would assume scientific mm -hmm. discovery is, mm -hmm. and it, it because it's, mm -hmm. I mean it's at a, it, it's at a time where I don't think any of our childhoods was that information taught in mm -hmm. what you would think you would start with teaching kindergartners about like this is how plants grow right like you would think yep. that's very but the knowledge wasn't there yet it's yep. that's how recent of a discovery it is and it is truly an, an amazing thing so but yes the forest. But it, it, I, I mean, if you look at any society that has depended on or lived around forests and depended on them for their food and, you know, living around it, they, they've always known that they were special places and rich, mm -hmm. fertile areas. Right. We just now know, oh, OK, it's because of these tiny, you know, like you call them chompers mm -hmm. that you can't see, but are the most important aspect of our grow or any grow. Well, and, and you know what she what she pulled apart and what she recognized is she compared forest soil versus soil that had been tilled, and what she found is that like um, uh, soil elsewhere was really bacterial dominant, and so there was a lot of fluctuation, and it was it was hard to balance it, and, and you would see these fluctuations happening, and and of course this is post this era where you know tilling was a, a regular process and then we realized how really terrible that was for everything it was yeah. Head, yeah right but then she, what she recognized and really like it, it just cooked the noodles of everyone was that these forests were fungal dominated mm -hmm. and it was that information that really kind of unlocked where we as growers now use this mycorrhiza 
right? And all these other products that are out there that have mycorrhizae in it, it is coming from this knowledge of what fung, the fungal uh, network that is, is kind of doing and working within the soil web. And so it does go back to that, Dr. Elaine Ingham. So it, go dig her and uh, go dig her up and, and, and go find some and readings I around. I believe her. she has she some goes. YouTube videos where she's yeah. talked about the basics of the soil mm -hmm. web. I know that yeah. I've watched a couple of them, but she's, yeah, she's There's podcasts that you can, can find with her. She's great to talk to. And, um, a lot of her students translated over into, um, cannabis and, and, and related a lot of it to it, but she's the one that really started to break down the soil web and where we started to get this understanding. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the conversations we hear recently, we talk about um, organics versus salts. I think some of the thing that it really comes down to, and maybe down the road, we kind of pull this apart a little bit more, but we talk about these nutrients being mobile versus immobile. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the true keys that gets left off of the conversation when we talk about it. Just to really kind of simplify it, when you think about um, salts, keep it in this classification of um, um, they're pretty mobile, right? We're adding things into it. It's moving through the soil. It's mobile. It's active. It's ready there. Um, there are things that are immobile, seeing that it's locked up into spaces, right? So there are things that need to happen in bacteria that as they're chewing things and processing things down, down through the soil web, down through the triangle, they're holding on to these nutrients and they've got them in storage. So when the plant actually does need them, it sends the exudates out. It talks to, to these exudates and says, hey, I need these nutrients. And it has them ready to go. And so when we talk about salts being um, mobile versus immobile, when we're dunking these things through, we're telling the plant, hey, you need this today and you need this right now. And the plant may be saying, hey, I don't need that right now, but I actually need this. And when you look at organic soil, organic soil holds all of these things in it with at all these different levels. It's constantly processing. And this goes back to that top dressing that we were talking before. My top dressing had a bunch of castings in it and had a bunch of uh, great things that were alive. And then I also dosed a bunch of the biofoss uh, of rootwise in there that's got a bunch of mycorrhizae in it. And I made sure that I wet it down with my potion so that it was nice and moist and activated so that it could start doing its job and, and pulling those nutrients out. So we'll take it apart further more down the road, but I think it's just really interesting to, to get people to start thinking about how salts can be a real mobile way to get the nutrients to your plant if you need them like um um think of the uh um, think of all the the, the great lines where uh, you can add uh, it's almost like doing organic i'm trying to think of the the brand uh, we were talking about it before howler that um uh, it's all based around the mythology um lost with that one too stone guys sorry about that but you have to kind of understand what the plant needs nectar and, of the gods yes nectar of the ah. gods right? uh, so yeah working with nectar of the gods you really have to know your potions you're giving what that plant needs well yes it has everything that you need to, to kind of mix within the potions with it but that's the difference between i think organic soil and soil that needs salt and nutrients added into it right you can't really say could just cocoa anymore because there's a lot of synganics but it does come down to you know, soil is alive organic soil is alive there's things going on all throughout the different levels of the soil web when you think about cocoa, it's sterile. There's no life in it. And so that's why I love to hear our, uh, all of our compatriots that are adding synganics and they're adding things into their sterilized soil to kind of bring life back into the picture where organic soil has all of that there. It's just all hanging out. Yeah. You, you know, I, 
Now that you mention it, and we're talking about how it's living and well, first the soil food web or whatever. I don't know why we just don't call it soil feng shui, but that's just what's in my head. But you know what? These alabrijes I'm really loving right now actually is the first time I've reused soil growing cannabis. And so I'm just wondering if there was something in that soil already growing that got built up from the Absolutely. last grow that just somehow, and like it probably went a little dormant in between grows, but then I just kicked it right back in, into life again. And, and maybe there's oh, yeah. just something there because um, I'm definitely noticing a difference with how these are growing. And it just might be this that life there that I was able to continue on. It didn't come straight from a bag yep. or from ship somewhere. It was a, still a living thing sitting in a pot here. And even though it didn't have a plant in there, there was still living stuff in there that was doing its thing. And uh, yeah, that may, may have played a big role in this. I think it absolutely did. And, and the question I would ask is, did you just kind of pop the seed into i mean you didn't till quote unquote like did you stir the oh, soil I, up or anything oh yeah i i um so i know like all the any kind of uh micro rise i like um network that was built up i destroyed by okay um well, that's tossing a great it around but um i did i because they were um these came out of uh the 13 gallon auto pots and i didn't i've never ran them before and i didn't know what mm -hmm. the soil that was making contact with the water constantly what that was like so i wanted to dump it out and uh smell it and see what and it was fine um but yeah so it was mixed in and mixed around and torn up a bit but so some life is still there maybe some of the fungi got destroyed or broken up but yeah, I mean, it, when you think about no-till, there was, um, I can't remember who I was listening to on a podcast, but it, it really kind of cooked my noodle. It was, they were talking about the uh, this concept and this idea that if you've got uh, your soil and you've got roots that they grow and, and as the roots grow and they die, within the soil, they leave this tiny little channel. And, and as those roots begin to break down, they literally line this tube, this channel within the soil with the broken down materials like these carbonized materials like all these things that life has broken down of the of the actual plant before it right but now this next plant has this super lined highway with like just a, a wall of all of the food that it needs yeah. and a pre-carved out tunnel and so oh. it doesn't have to do that work and so it uses those former tunnels and feeds off of them and there's all these leftover like and to that point like you, you yes you destroyed all your mycorrhizae fair but there was probably some dormant stuff in there as well yeah. and when you redosed it back into it with other mycorrhizae then you created another network so let's just remember that that fungal network does a lot of the communication back and mm -hmm. forth between the plant so it basically just gives all of these little points of, of, of chances of talking for the, uh, the root itself to begin to talk to the soil to tell what it needs. Biology is only going to move a few um, millimeters at the most in its life. Now, relatively, that's huge. It's a huge span of time and space for, for the existence of these, these bacteria. Because remember when we talk the term microbe, right, a really broad generic term, the term microbe itself there's, there's several things that are within it, but most important for us is going to be bacteria. It's going to be fungal and mycorrhiza, right? So all of the, those are the two main or the, the, the few main things that are really important for us as cannabis growers. There's other things that within microbes, but that's when we hear that term microbe, that's what we're th talking about. 
So when you add in the mycorrhiza back into it, you're rebuilding that network up. And the stuff that we're using these days is so like the photosynthesis plus, if you're using that, there's a lot more mycorrhiza in products than um, you, you're going to have a good network where if we were doing this back to when we were talking about Elaine Ingham, if we were doing this 20 years ago, we'd have no concept or idea of what mycorrhiza is. So you will be fine in that. But to your point, Howard, you probably did have really good still fertile soil left, good energy left in that battery, man. Also think of if how many times you top dressed with whatever you did, all of the stuff the plant didn't use that doesn't just disappear oh, yeah. still in the soil. So, and like Johnny was the one that convinced me to do that with the earth boxes. And I think the reason that they're doing well in spite of me is because of following the Johnny's just, it gets better. Like I've seen with Johnny's own plants, he gets better plants, different rounds. You know, it's not always like the best plant comes the first round and it suffers. It's like, no good grow. Holy shit. The second, third round are fucking phenomenal. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole, you're building a whole environment and the least amount of disruption that you can cause to it, the better. You just got to yeah. make sure that you're constantly, you know, you get to a point too where you've just put too much castings in that, you know, you, you're not putting in extra pumice or rice holes when you're on top of, you know, doing it. You can't do it indefinitely in an earth box, say, but there are ways to do it. You know, big beds like Johnny, that soil's yeah. gold. It only yeah. gets better. Yeah. I mean, take I it, barely have to touch it. I, yeah. I just read the plants and I go, oh yeah, you know what? seems like it's been <laughs> a little while. Let me throw some compost and shit in it and. Well, and and you the plants to... just get happier and they're healthier. They're more resilient. I do got thrips right now, but it's just they're the plants are still raging. So it's just something I have to deal with. Like I've got time to figure out a way to get through it. And they just and man, I don't know. It's just like easy, <laughs> easy yeah. as shit. Well, then that's the thing. I think we, out of the four of us, you have the largest volume of beds and so if you're if you're new to listening to us johnny i mean you've got full beds in in these tents and to your point you were i remember it was earlier in the summer that you were had some tests done on one of them you had some issues with it and you were like yeah man i just kind of watered it through and gave it a little bit of this gave it a little bit of that and seems to be doing all right and you know so yeah you're the jellies in it after knowing how rich it was i put the hella jellies in it and did water only because mm -hmm. I knew it was just super rich, and we we put the uh, the SLF because it was high in salts or whatever. Yeah, the SLF one thousand or one hundred, whatever the mm -hmm. hell it is. Um, yeah, and yeah, now the the hate my hazes are in there, and they're just even with the thrips, they're doing phenomenal. Just yeah. So, I mean, that's organic growing to the next level. So when we talk about our pots, you know, uh, ours that are in three gallons, one gallon, all the way up to the Autopot XLs, they still are relatively pretty small compared to what you've got, brother. So, Wait. yeah, there's say, like 80 uh, gallons now. And, and I think in each one of those. Wow. Did you say SLF has sulfur in it? No, I don't know. If oh. it does. I don't think no, so. No, it, it breaks oh, okay. No, it, it breaks, breaks down, down salts. salts. I had I oh. had high salts in that. Oh, bag. gotcha. It's the really good. Really it's high. really yep. good. It has a there's we have that unofficial guide if you need it to. It does quite yeah. a few things. Um, but you can clean lines with it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I run yeah. it in I run it as a part of my potion and on yeah. a daily day. Basis. It's great stuff. It's it, it it in combination with some other stuff, I've completely closed any fungus gnat issue I've ever had. Yeah. That and right. the BTI. 
I used Tem- it with my Autopots. I'm not a single damn gnat the whole time. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Johnny, how's those? Uh, tell me more about those beds. We wanted to, we, we've been talking through a couple tents and want to hear more about those. It's been a while. What's new in them? Uh, so the one right here next to me has got the peppers in it. Those peppers are raging. It's like they've got to a maturity level now that everything on top is a flower bud on all three of the pepper plants in there. It's incredible looking. Uh, the one is really short and bushy. I forget what it, uh, you had a chance to try the pepper yet. Uh, I have not tried the sugar rush peach yet. I've I'm leaving them on the plant to develop their stripes because I'll harvest them when they're peak ripeness. Okay. And I've got one that's just starting to show its stripes now. And there's a few more behind it that I'm going to harvest, but I did harvest a bunch of the, um, the Fresno jalapenos, for some reason, they're short and stubby. They're not, like, getting mm-hmm. long. They're really short and stubby. I think the longest one was maybe maybe two, three inches. Um, but they're bright cherry red. So the pickles I made, um, I put those in it. And then those long purple ones that are out in the garden, they turn orange mm-hmm. when they're ripening. So I oh, pulled awesome. all the orange ones that's off sick. and made uh, the second jar with all the orange ones. Yeah, that's really cool looking. Um and then my mom, my uh, <laughs> my hella jelly mom is in that same bed with the peppers. I just had to bend it back over because she was blocking the light from my uh, tangy that I popped in there on a whim. So she's not looking so hot now. She's was blocked of light and was underwatered a little bit. The same thing with the uh, the star fox in the back. They look like they got a little underwatered, but um. It's because it's just so hard to judge when they need water because the they're in such stuff, a yeah. giant bed yeah. with everything else. It's it's really tough to judge. So that's kind of a fun little experiment. It's like, yeah, let's throw some autoflowers in this empty space. But that hella jelly mom, she, I bent her back over now because I had her. Well, she was the flowering mom mm-hmm. that um, I planted. And when she finally re-vegged, it, she's just going crazy now. I had to bend her one way and now I'm going to like, um, full on bonsai mom her here pretty soon take some cuts off it and just kind of do something cool with the main stem or something but oh yeah uh, and then the like I said the hazes and then the apple um, sauce and the white sauce are in the other bed and they're looking phenomenal like that got top dressed and I've been cranking up the humidity and the lights and they're really looking good, even though they were tiny little things that were nubs. You couldn't tell the difference between that and the clover growing in there in the one picture, but they're huge. Now they're looking great. So I'm thinking pretty soon in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be able to start sexing them. I got two of the hazes are just giant. So I'm assuming they're probably going to be male because they're stretchers. So I think two of the three hazes are male, but the sauces are looking incredible. The leaf the on that white. one is fucking yeah. incredible. Um, yeah, and then the the regular sauce plant that's in. I had to separate those two. We've mentioned before the banana milk and the regular sauce. They're beautiful looking, and they're just getting ready to be about turning that corner in probably in the next couple three weeks, and they're going to be harvested because they're just fat, fat donkers, and they're starting to brown up a little bit. It's like. Oof. Yeah, but um, yeah. Other than that, just the outdoor garden, man, and busy as fuck around everything else. <laughs> I've been making it a point not to let the fucking garden go to waste. So 
like I said, I was pickling the cucumbers here and making it a point to harvest and at least freeze and, and the little harvesting that I'm getting, like freeze the tomatoes to make sauce later on. And we made relish with some of the more cucumbers. We made sure to freeze some broccoli. So yeah, it's been really a main focus to not let that go to waste and make that be important too. Cause there's a lot of money invested in just gardening too, yeah. time effort. So but. harder to do it next year if you didn't get anything the year before too if you're just like why yeah, am i doing this like, again why, let why it all am i rot. wasting yeah. my time yeah what i mean it worked out because a lot of the stuff was was replanted like my cucumbers because i let some of them rot in the garden they re replanted themselves that's and that's real. the only reason i had cucumbers this year so and now you're it's fun tell us your pickle recipe what'd you do so i ferment so i do a three and a half percent salt brine and I just the the one I did with the jalapenos is a slower ferment, and the only thing I did different was the um, jalapenos or, or the the pickles are whole pickles, and the other jar I um, cut both ends off and sliced them in half, and that jar is fermenting way faster. I think there's more sugars getting released from <laughs> opening the pickles up yeah. than there is contact. Yeah. So that yeah. jar is fermenting a lot quicker, which is funny, but no, it's just a three and a half percent salt brine. I um, cut the ends off the peppers, um, throw them in there. I smash some garlic up. I don't know, a couple flowers each, um, not a, like a flower per jar, I think. So probably, I don't know, 12 cloves, but you smash them up, um, shove it full of dill and some dill seed and some mustard seed. And then just pour the salt brine on top and burp it every day, a couple hmm. times a day. And it just ferments itself. You could see the carbon process happening, so you know it's fermenting. And then when it looks or smells about right, I put it in the refrigerator. And it lasts about six months. It could last up to a year, but they're so damn good, they never last that long. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so many people get um, get real scared of, about doing pickles. And, and, and there, there are proper ways to do them, to put them away for years if you really need to. But refrigerator pickles is a, is a whole nother story and it's like a it's it's kind of gateway uh fermenting for a lot of mm -hmm. people because you can really just like like uh there's even uh there's an old midwestern thing where you keep um tomatoes and onions uh, kind of it's like you keep a mother batch going throughout the whole season like as soon as tomatoes start to get harvested right you make this salad and you put it in your uh you put it in your refrigerator and it's like red onions and whatever herbs you can find that are from your garden and chunks of tomatoes and then you know there's that juice that comes off the bottom of it well then you eat all those tomatoes right and then there's the incredible juice that's left over well you just pour that on the next round of tomatoes that you chop up and and so it just becomes this kind of dressing that builds through throughout the season in the summertime that's entry-level fermentation too and so mm -hmm. when you do pickles like that like you said johnny you, you do have a lot more time and, and mother nature will tell you it's usually smells right you'll have a repulsion like you it'll look it'll have a weird slime on it that you're like ah that just feels kind of gross and nasty i just don't need them um or you'll see black colors and and then you know you've you've really got some nasty uh that's going on there but really if you're using pretty good uh, vinegar that you're getting at the store it's got a high enough acidity that there's not a lot of things that survive in all of that sort of conditioning and that's where it came from and chilies alone um are uh, whenever you throw peppers into things they have a lot of 
antioxidants and a lot of other things that keep um, uh, pests and that sort of stuff away from it too. So that was the original, I think that was the original, um, it's really the, the way that if you go back to charcoal grilling and charqui and ways of preservation of meat, they would just take chili and slather it on meat because it would keep pests and keep everything away from it. And there was early fermentation around that too. So we eat fermented stuff constantly. Your pickles are a great example of it. I mean, you know, you can, you can take anything from your garden and pop it into um, like, sometimes you can even make like a sweet pickle base, which is like, I always throw a little sugar into mine and then you can make, you know, two gallons of this stuff and then custom make four or five different kinds of pickles from your cucumbers. So where you said to you said mustard seeds and dill seeds into it, like you could take curry and throw it into one of them and make it a, like mm -hmm. a curried pickle if you wanted to. You could do uh, watermelon rinds and something else. And I considered it. I considered taking some chipotles that I had smoked. Yeah, I had exactly. smoked some hollow. I was like, man, mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure how that smoke flavor will translate through, but it's like. Man, it, there might be a couple cucumbers still hanging on the vine yeah. here. If I can get another gallon out of them, I might try that. that and you got good. you got some home smoked Chipotle right now. Uh huh. That's dope as shit, dude. That's that's amazing. That's the sort of stuff that play with it, and that's what I always encourage because it's it gets scary, and plus it's it's a huge task to sit there and think about when you look at a field of cucumbers and you realize I've got to go buy nine cases of ball jars there's that's just way too Fuck much i don't know that, I'm doing so much the commitment i'm just and nervous. i can't like there's the the taste of a fermented salted dill garlic pickle compared to a vinegar pickle is so much better mm -hmm. it is so yep. much better man without yep. that vinegary like oh man it's it's next level and salt does the it same thing so delicious that's mm -hmm. where the preservation comes from it pulls the moisture out of it so to your point when things when you want it to go faster that's you open up the skin because it just gives access to it so it's osmosis it's trying to pull the water out and even it all out it's happening um another really cool one i know there's a lot of um, citrus uh, growers but if you get your hands on meyer lemons and you take them and you um kind of cut a couple of v's into them so that you split them in half but you just you basically want to create as much surface area as possible and pack it with salt absolutely incredible they're called preserved meyer lemons um and you can throw them into anything you have to kind of rinse them a little bit to get the salt but um but they have the most incredible texture and the most incredibly pungent lemon it's just absolutely divine but um preserved lemons are a, another way to do it and you can do it with limes and lemons but when you have acid and when you have salt these all you know remove moisture out and preserve that's mm -hmm. what they're doing so salted pickles they, they can go, you know, a few more months. Vinegar pickles, they can go bread and butter style. Play with fermentation and play with flavor too. Because the way to think about it is, is the drier the ingredient that's going into it, you, you really don't have to worry about it. So like Johnny, when you said mustard seeds and, um, and dill seeds, just switch it up. Switch it to different seeds and play it. Like you can now throw any of your favorite spice blend in it just to see what it tastes like. You mm -hmm. can throw a little bit of sugar into it and make it a little bit sweeter too. So it's you a know what big, it'll all taste like? Fucking delicious. Pickle. <laughs> pickle tastes like pickle. You put pickle on bread, that's pickle bread. You yeah. put pickle on anything that changes the flavor to pickle. But I, well, I yeah, mean, if you like pickles, you could. I mean, burger sauce, the, the key to burger sauce is to use a little bit of pickle juice in it. That's how you thin it down. 
that's what gives it the just a little extra like even if you put a little bit of like quote unquote the rush stuff in, into it if you don't like that aspect into it then just do a really fine chopped red onion um and then just put a little bit of pickle like liquid into it and it just it brings out it's the acidity that that really brings like we 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 talked about it in culinary school as being the foil so the vinegar helps you to taste everything else because it it balances it brings balance to everything so you need that level of acidity in everything so a little bit of pickle juice that goes a long way yeah that's and one way to put it so delicious Fucking it. Bullshit, man. <laughs> a little bit little bit ruins a lot of it i get that um more more peppers to be pickled than there, Johnny. Glad to hear, dude. It's really cool to hear you that you blend your tent with cannabis and peppers. There's, you know, of all of us, you you grow the largest amount of soil that's in there. I mean, in one of those beds, you have more soil than in my entire grow. Yep. So and in my entire that, garage. Yeah. <laughs> and to use that for to grow peppers too is pretty cool, dude. So glad to hear everything. Dude, sounds like you've got a ton of great things going on in your garden. Of course, you always downplay yourself, and then you start saying what you've really got going there. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then just trying, like, the the lettuce got out of hand this year, so it's just got to get, it's damn near gone to seed. I got one broccoli. I left two go to seed, but I've never harvested broccoli seed before, so I'm just kind of winging it and see what happens they're starting to flower now and still getting other flower um broccoliettes or whatever where you harvest them so it's just it's good man but i can't wait like i know tomato sauce is coming soon my tomatoes are so behind this year it's so weird but hmm. like i you know tomato sauce has got to come i got a ton of cherries and man my san marzanos they sucked but I got Jersey Devils right next to them that are just beautiful. I can't wait to get those. And they're big honking. Like, they're this big around and green. I say this big, but we're yeah. a podcast. <laughs> the audio <laughs> format. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably two inches around, you know, and then they're fucking, I don't know, six inches long and a whole bunch of them. So I can't wait for those to ripen up and make some really good sauce. Jesus, man. Well, you know, no, you know, not to follow uh, Johnny's uh, apple orchard entire fucking farmstead that he's got over there. Right? <laughs> I'd love to hear what's go going the, on. The, you go to the yeah, guy I'll living just... in a room apartment. How's <laughs> 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 your garden? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what goes on underneath the sun. I, you know what? I'll start with my outdoor garden so that Johnny feels terrible because I had a, a travesty because of uh, Hurricane Hillary. Um, I lost, I lost my, a single sunflower. It was devastating and you I don't know how we'll rebuild it. No, it wasn't the squirrels this time. It was wind. It, it took, it broke it right in half. I was, I was devastated. Like four, the four others I had survived though. So, oh, it also blew down a volleyball net. So, and did we contact it, the, the federal government on this? I did. I, I'm trying to get some money, but they keep rerouting my calls to someone else. It's well, they're busy. He's busy taking a nap. So, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> apparently, yeah, they don't go. They don't take my calls for, hey, you got to replace this sunflower. You <laughs> but in my um, volleyball net. God damn it. In my volleyball net. Yeah. No, it was it was uh, I lost I lost my sunflower. But other than that, that's all I was I've managed to get going in my outdoors is sunflower. And, uh not not as exciting as Johnny's, but in indoors I'm doing okay. 
Um, I've got Juicy Quain in my Alegria 10 that is just, she's, she's gorgeous. And she, I've had to put some of those plant yo-yos up to hold her up because she's getting pretty chonky. She smells wonderful. Um, I'm terrible at describing. So it smells somewhat tropical somewhat menthol that kind of, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'll just say tropical E. <laughs> that uh, money I paid for to go to school for English is really paying off on that one. Um, and then in my two by four, I've got the hub of a haze and then the Mandela effect. I, and that 10 just smells like, cause I've got, there's one, two, three, four, five, seven, like seven solo cups in that tent too. <laughs> and so it's just a, a menagerie of smells, but you know, I, I had to go in there recently and I put up those plant yo-yos on, on the hubba haze too. And I had to remove some leaves and stuff and, and get that wind blowing through everything. But the fucking her and Juicy are going toe to toe in the um, drinking, uh, the drinking contest because they're drinking fucking a gallon a day, and it's getting yeah, it's getting to the point where it's 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 even more now. It's like a gallon and a half a day, and I'm just getting tired of filling them with fucking water because for the <laughs> hubba bubba haze, the the guy who put the um, earth box in the back, he put it to where the spout is you know the oh, tube it's in the back what corner a jerk. that guy's an asshole he's all you know what he also made me work nights all last week that piece of shit but no anywho so i have to have like a pvc tube that i stuff back there and then i've got a funnel with this uh with this tube that came with one of my humidifiers that is a clinking <laughs> tube so it is janky as shit and i'm and i'm so doing it every other day <laughs> every motherfucking other day i'm stuffing two gallons of water down my rube goldberg fucking machine and i'm going i hate that motherfucker <laughs> but uh it's it's cool you know i'm i she's she's tall and beautiful and fully supported too she's getting chunky and um I'm getting, you know, I've got my decisions for the the next one, next round picked out somewhat. I've got my uh, going Alabrije ten. I'm going dazed, obviously, and then I'm doing one of BGG's coming up that he's dropping. I haven't decided yet. I mean, I can't say yet. Rather, fucking dude, you know, he sent me a very threatening message saying because I guess I almost said it, and he said if I said actually did say it that both Megan and Captain would go missing. It was terrible. <laughs> you just um, have to challenge him to fly out there. If he flies, yeah. Out, luckily, the last time he flew out, he missed me by five hundred miles. So I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. His geography is terrible, terrible. Um, and then I have kind of an opening on what I'm trying to decide. But I was talking to the Grateful Gardener, um, fellow shitless member. Um, I don't know why I said fellow. I'm not on the shitlist. I make the shitlist motherfucker. Shitlist member. Um, and he really enjoyed his smoke of the Mandela effect. And I stunted mine. So I'm kind of thinking I might give her another go. But there's so many options up. So that's kind of my last one. So if anyone has any suggestions, feel free to tell, ask, like, let me know. I'll take all. I think the community needs to vote what broadleaf you are going to grow. Well, they can vote. I don't honor their vote. This isn't a fucking <laughs> democracy. I'm a dictator, bro. Um, yeah, this is the one thing I can control in my house is what I grow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm getting there on day 68 today. No, that can't wow. be right. Like 
Damn, They're, that went quick. No, yeah, it's not sixty-eight. Up. That's that's. It, it, I think I'm sixty-three. I, I planted the seed sixty-eight days ago, so I'm on day sixty-three, and then the hubbub of the haze is five days behind. But yeah, I'm getting. You know what's weird too is uh, Juicy Queen looks like it might be around eighty-four days. It'll take the full. No, I mean that's shorter than anything that's been in that tent before. Every other thing that I've had in that tent has gone over a hundred days. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so good stuff. Fuck, what was that never ending plant? And throwing a blank. Marley's that one that could have yeah, Marley's Marley's grin went a hundred and twenty something days. Wasn't it? Yeah, and it could have gone longer. Uh, <laughs> but I was so done. You know what's bad is the mango I had last round could have gone longer too, but I just fucking chopped that useless bitch. She was terrible. <laughs> the worst plant I've got. Um most me, of course, my fault, but yeah, it was, she could have gone forever too. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's all my, my fun stuff, man. Like I, I'm pretty, pretty stoked that my plants are doing really well. I, I can't speak highly enough about sip containers because I've been busier than shit and my plants have literally survived despite like in spite of me, man. Like I, in this run, I have gone on vacation or gone for the weekend on and like without any planning just gone and it's been perfectly fine because of sip containers i've been able to work my you know not 12 hours at night not have any issues because i only got to look at it and go quick throw a two gallons down the res and this is during the time where every other day i have to they they're drinking two gallons which would have been impossible if i hand watered yeah i mean i i just pushed over the threshold this week where it was like I filled up, uh, I think I put four gallons into the res, which is about, you know, that lasted me quite a while. And mm -hmm. I'd hit that vegetation explosion spot. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. It's coming soon. And I went in there after like 24 hours and the four gallons was gone. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Thank goodness. And and the same thing is I, I purposefully did my very first round, well, you know, a while, way well back now. And I did it by hand and I remembered how long that process took me to water properly. And it goes back to, you know, to circle back to the, or the when we first got started adding that seed and then, you know, adding water. And, and if you're not careful, that thing will float right up to the surface of it. Even in the very early stages of it, just very gently watering. Sometimes to do four plants, it would take me almost 40 minutes, 50 minutes to do carefully. You know, you, you pour half of it in and you really need to, step back and let it like absorb and come back three to five minutes later and pour the other half of the amount that you had to put into it to do that now. Like I realize how much I probably starved my plants mm -hmm. from water early on because knowing now looking back at my records and how much I was putting in on a daily basis. Cause I was doing the, it was like 15% every day uh, by volume of, of the plant of water. Um, and now looking at relative, I think at the most I got up to like in three gallons, I was putting in two liters towards the end of it. It's like I look at what how much water I'm going through now. And it's like I, I'm sure I would have gotten twice the volume of growth. Oh, yeah. If I would have it, had this system. It is it is the number one thing that you can change in any sip container, right? City pickers, earth boxes, auto pots. And I'll even say, I know it's not a sip container, but big beds too, especially if you can keep moisture in contain. It's just you, if you have the right, right moisture and it's getting the water that it wants, it can drink a lot. 
-hmm. you would be surprised. And that's why, like, if you can think I'm watering perfectly, the water, you know, the, the pot's always heavy, I'm doing everything right. Your plant probably wants double the amount of water. You yeah. just don't know it. Yep. Because you've yep. done everything right, you know, but the plant's just like, hey, man, <laughs> like, we could use a fuck done more. And also, why in these auto pots, I know how do you add some, some, um, looking at some of the XLs, having some issues with uh, not staying moist all the way to the top of the surface. I have no problems anymore um, top dressing into an auto pot. I've never, like, I don't even know why I was even concerned about it or even thought twice about it in the very beginning because I'm, I oftentimes will go in there and just kind of water. So I just lean into the idea that it's, yeah, it's going to struggle getting up to the very top. I think I add a little bit more aeration into my soil for the autos as well. So to accommodate that, I'm probably not going to get as much moisture, but I have no problems like just uh, drenching in once a plant's going like once or twice a week gives me a chance to really give some extra potion into those top three, four, six inches back to what we were saying before. Right. Like everything's happening in the, in the top six inches. Yeah. And so holler when you're looking at that XL pot, even though it's so irrigated, you've got the three, four inches at the top watering that over the top like thinking about how much water i did not give or nutrients or you know opportunity for organic soil to grow man i'm so glad i switched over to the system not only for convenience but also for output and and it just lays in it aligns right with my organic growing style and that i want to make sure the plant has everything it needs in that soil that way it can take what it needs yeah Organics just works better and more efficiently too. If you're if you're keeping everything moist, right? Your bacteria mm -hmm. lives better, right? And and mm -hmm. so if you want to grow healthy, bigger plants, make sure that every all of its needs are met with organics. And doing yeah. that with a a reservoir is just easier because it takes the guessing out. Mm -hmm. You you let the plants decide, and that's just easier because you don't. You will never force feed your plants the right amount because you will yeah. always be like, shit, I'm doing it too much. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like um, if we've seen like even a house plant, if you go and add water to it and it's hydrophobic, right? Meaning mm -hmm. that when you add the water, it looks like it's not going to absorb right in. And that's why we have to add it. And if you really look at it, what, what's happening there is the bacteria that's, that's in and around and, and, and the entire colonies of bacteria that's happening creates this sort of shell to protect itself. And so that's what's happening in the soil of that layer, that hydrophobic layer is just the, really the bacterial slime. Then we say that term slime, that's just like the, the, the living zone of it. That's the bacteria creating a little carcass or creating a little shell to protect itself. So you have to rehydrate that, right? That's that bacterial life happening right on the very tip top surface of your soil. And that is just at the surface too. Exactly. Now, a little change of space. I said space, a change of pace because two out of the four hosts are too stoned and seem to have fallen asleep on us. Let's go. Uh, before we get into our shit lister, I'm, I'm going starving. to starving. I cannot. <laughs> I'm so fucking hungry. Well, good. Okay. Uh, I was going to mix up the order, but I actually, I wanted to get into our shit lister before I got asked you guys your personal question, but I'm excited about this one, man. Our shitlister is Hypnogrow. Um, and no, this isn't because she wrote Lord Frog and Lasers on a garage. That would be <laughs> so childish. Of slightly me. biased. Slightly biased. She I also put, yeah. So, <laughs> no, she, 
she she grows in containers, which is just like literally storage containers, right? The the ones with the yellow lids, but the the black ones, I I can only assume. But she she fucking grows these beautiful plants, and and just I I incredibly jealous of the forest that she has managed to to capture just so well. Um, she she makes me jealous all the time. And quite frankly, it's one of the jealousies where I'm not angry at him. I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> but I, I know she's a huge fan, fan of sour stomper. Um, and she, she's got a couple other great plants right now. She was talking to auto fire today about one of the rock buds. Um, but she's just a great member of our community and she, you know, puts us all to shame. So she, this is her official warning to stop, doing so well or we're gonna have to ban you because this is the average <laughs> girl man and an affinity for crocs as well well i didn't want to bring up negatives about the person when we're talking highly about them. <laughs> crocs are like the best thing ever. you get the they're you, so, you shut the fuck they're no. so versatile versatile no. jesus yeah Christ. what so, so are swiss army knives <laughs> Yeah, there's you can lounge in them, put them yeah. in sport mode. You can, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. These what? Days. I, okay, I don't get it. Why not just wear a pair of sandals? Effectively, yeah, yeah, effectively, are. Why They're put like, why put more plastic like weirdness over your feet? It just, I don't get it. There's a, it's a thing, man. It's a thing. I'm not going to make an en enemy at a croc wearers. For some reason, there's quite a few of them in this hobby, and I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> die on this hill. Well, um, she, you know, she. <laughs> represents the uh, central coast so i, I she's always again not at sea yeah. i'm trying see, my heart there you go. See, all no good thing is from the midwest coast. we're all yes we're all I, from if you think people. i'm going to apologize to missouri i'm not in fact i'm doubling down you know what i know hypnogross from michigan so i'm not going to hold that against her but there is no central coast baby i'm going down missouri michigan next m state that i'm hating and <laughs> minnesota you're coming up <laughs> We got we got a coast. We got Michigan Ocean right there. No, yeah, it's big ocean. enough. We got multiple states that have a coast. Come on, yeah. There, the definition of a coast is so simple. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make them have a breakdown. This is great. <laughs> no, it's you know I it, it'd be like walking around. Never mind. We won't go into it before. I get. I don't need any more hate mail for my. I swear there'll be an alliance of states. Ge the alliance of geographical fine. haters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stress this enough. Consider the source when it, it's my stupid opinion. Anywho, Hypnogrow is on the shit list and she's a wonderful person. I interrupted you, Stoney, other than the Central Coast bullshit. No, I just, uh, she's an awesome part of the community. I always jumping in there. Incredible um, flowers, too. So love to see the. Um, uh, going back to the night owl and Mephisto and just the, the love that she's got for him. So, I mean, she seems like she's gone through quite a bit, knows these genetics, but also spans out and does things, you know, I saw her talking about rock bud and um, I've got some, uh, a little bit of that in, in an offshoot fashion in mind. And it's something I'm always kind of interested in, but we always hear about the, these top breeders, but sounds like she's been around for quite a while enough to, to, to know a lot of different breeders in this. So always interesting to see new, new names come in and, She's been around since uh, the spring, so glad to see her a part of the community. And I know she listens to us uh, quite a bit during the day. And um, so just glad to hear that she's on the shit list. Yeah, and I like that she she's part of like this uh, small group of growers that are jumping from each community's grow together. Like she was on the Girls on the Grow grow together. She's in the hazy summer. She's, I think, talking 
maybe getting into outcast grow together with crafting cannabis so it's like just kind of cool to watch this like see them participate in these communities and grow their whatever they decide their grow together is and kind of follow along and yeah it's been awesome nothing like having some badass lady growers in our community too oh yeah right just love seeing badass growers and glad to see that um always out there and and chit-chatting so glad to have her on the list hey man She's been around since like April too. She's been hanging out, and I think she's like damn near every day. You see something from her at least mm-hmm. at least once a week, if not mm-hmm. since then. Yeah, yeah that's the always, kind of community we love. It's always awesome. Now, I am tasked with asking you, Chuckle Fox, a question every time we get together <laughs> to better know you. <laughs> so I've gone food and drink um, last time, so I'm going to stay away from that because it gives Stony too much comfort to be outclassing <laughs> us like that. So challenge me. Let's go. I'm gonna go. He's already long-winded today. <laughs> I'm gonna go. You get I'm gonna give you two options, but you don't you don't get more than that. Money isn't an issue, but you get any vehicle that you want. What is it? Doesn't have to be your dream car, but you any you know, if that's too hard for you to say, but you get to get any vehicle that you would like, you get two choices. Uh, am I the first one on the? Uh, I haven't um, decided yet. I'm okay. look, I was looking Passing. around to see. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to ask Stony. I'll go with. I'll go with Howling. Fuck. You know, I, let's just go. Like, I want a tank. There we go. That's what I'm going to get. I'm just going to okay. barrel through some shit with a tank. <laughs> look how, you know, in five years they're going to use this as evidence <laughs> against you. <laughs> Johnny, can you help me out with any of this? I need a new pickup. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll so take we're... a new pickup. <laughs> okay, so money's not an issue, and you're you're going not a new pickup truck. Which I mean, to well, be yeah, fair, I'm going like I'm going like fucking a thirty five hundred Denali. There you go. Okay, Stony. All right. Okay, so um, and I don't know the exact models of what they are, right? But um that we're going to start off with an overlander right something okay. huge right we're ex-military kind of vehicle massive tires one that is basically the size of a cam uh, like a full-scale um decked out camper on the inside all the amenities uh, basically would be a land yacht that you could just cruise over large areas of land and have everything that you absolutely need a little garage to pop down bikes all sorts of fun things that you can hop on to all the sorts of climbing gear, anything that you would need, an entire just mobile outdoor overlanding adventure that has one of the like kick out like patios that drops down and you can literally just drive this thing around like a giant land yacht. So no money around. I can't think of the exact name of it, but an enormous overlander to just cruise around the mountains with Matt. There you go. Okay. That's, that's a good one. I like What about you? What about you? Is it don't say VW bus. No, I despise buses. Um, they're easy to work on, but my buddy had one in high school that I constantly had to fucking work on, and it was a pain in the ass. It's similar. Well, actually, no. My dream, right? I would say, it'd be like a '52 Chevy truck, Chevy S10. Yeah. Those things mm. are just beautiful. But in, for a long time, it was a, a van again, a Volkswagen oh, yeah. van again, the yeah. Westfalia. Yeah. Um, but. I had an opportunity to buy one in high school for like five grand and I turned it down. Right. Cause it had an auto stick and those things were fucking super annoying. And I was just like, it's a mechanical toilet, but it's a camper, you know, it'd be my surf dream. Right. 
now those things go for like fucking 30 grand yeah <laughs> and i'm just like i should have bought it but yeah those, that, that would be my dub either the westfalia with you know cool little camper van if 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 a, not every douche in the world owned one now um or a <laughs> chevy s the 52 s10 or something like that just like in green lowered there you go baby well, now, now we can go camping dude yeah the nationals at the state fairgrounds around here they uh, a bunch of those fucking trucks come they're in. gorgeous like, oh, god damn i want with the wood yeah. fucking oh bed. yeah the, the yeah wood mm-hmm. bed and the wood risers on the side yep things are sick yep. um yeah that was it that now people know you better for better or worse <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Johnny wants a Mad Max Overland vehicle. <laughs> Johnny just wants something new. And <laughs> Howling doesn't even, his didn't make sense. I forgot what he said. It was so exciting. There's a fucking On that tank. note, I'm going to go Who get a bowl of cereal. I'm <laughs> kidding. Tank, I'm kidding. It was a tank was a good one. Wasn't, was the tank one in San Diego? I think it was the guy that stole the tank and drove it. It was, in, yeah. I think it was in San oh, Diego. It was no, no, no. It was in, yeah. It was in you know, I think it was, it was much more rural, but even um, if anyone listens to Apex Twin, he used to have one. He had a small mini one person tank that he used to drive around uh, before he <laughs> like right when he started getting, uh, um, making a bunch of money, but he was known for driving around in one of those little one person tanks in town. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to get to the, the museum that's around here? Uh, that's got all the tanks to it, so we'll have to don't to don't that. leak his plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he said tank. He's gonna demand that we delete this episode afterwards because of the. He's like, hey, I went to fucking basic training at Fort Knox. If I never see another tank again, it will be too <laughs> soon. I bet, dude. <laughs> Anyone? Okay, Stony, thank you so much for hosting. I will go out with this, Johnny. Anything to plug? I do not. Stony, do you have anything to plug? Um. You know what? I um, I've started uh, incorporating the Terps Plus uh, into um, what I've been uh, adding into my growing. So that's the the part of the the photosynthesis plus to add into it. So it's been I've seen some incredible um, growth. Let's talk about how it is. It's really quite an anomaly, but it's been amazing to watch some of the results. Hmm. But um, I did reach out uh, to them and uh, and 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 got one of the samples delivered over of the new Terps Plus, uh, and they were fantastic about it. They blend it up uh, and send it over, which is not uh, not an easy task. So to, to send out samples, it means a lot. So I appreciated it, and, and I've had it now in there incorporated for almost two to three weeks, and I've seen some really r- remarkable results. So just we'll, we'll talk about it more, but yeah, that's, like that's my chat for the week. So, yeah, for sure. Howling. Uh, you know, I'll give a shout out to uh, Miles over at Fermented Plant Extracts. I just picked up a gallon jug of his watermelon ferment. Oh. <clears throat> so it's nice. Like you, you get the nice. normal like comfrey and peach and everything and pumpkin and watermelon's a new one that he's doing. I don't know what got t- him turned on to doing that, but it just came today. Of course, first thing I have to do is uh, open up the cap and smell it. And yeah, the nice the aroma that comes day. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so that's wonderful. my plug is uh, if if build the soil still has some in stock or your local uh, grow yeah, shop, sure. get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Find wonderful. it. Handcrafted Miles does it. Yep. So, well, thank you all for joining me, oh, yeah. my friends. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Peace. Thanks for digging what we do. Peace. Peace.